Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. On the seventh day, God rested. On the seventh day, the first day of humanity, there was a rhythm of rest. On the first day of humanity, humanity rested in relationship with their creator. Today, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? This is what Jesus said. He said, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. He says, walk with me, work with me, watch me how I do it and learn these unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you learn to live freely and lightly. This passage by Eugene Patterson in the message, our beautiful words of Jesus' invitation to us to enter this rhythm of life, a rhythm that brings us wholeness, that brings us freedom to our body, to our mind, to our spirit, and to our soul. Isn't it beautiful? What a beautiful invitation that we've been invited into. You know, a common response that I get, not from everyone, but from most people, including myself at times, is, how are you? What do you think is the most common response? Tired, good, yeah? Does this sound familiar to you? How are you today? Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, lots on though, you know. Things happening, kids, sports. So how are you today? Yeah, generally really good, actually okay. You know, I'm looking after my mom and my aging parents and that's a bit full on sometimes. At times I feel a little bit overwhelmed, but you know, know, I'm kind of good. Would that sound familiar (laughs) to you? Some of my friends recently said, when I asked that question, they said to me, yeah, things are generally okay, but I feel like I need a holiday. And I'm jealous of this wonderful family that just had three weeks away in their beautiful caravan and being at home together. Or they say, I can't wait for my next day off. Or the other statement that people make often is, I want to have this margin in my life. What is this margin that we keep uh, alluding to and talk about? You know, we are all in our society, especially in the West, we are all under this tyranny of busyness. We face it all of the time. And right now in our church for the last few weeks and for a couple of more weeks, we have been sitting in this series called Rhythms of Grace, looking at spiritual practices that Jesus invites us into so that we can find this rhythm I would say all of us here in this room, from one time or another, have said to ourselves, I think I need a better rhythm. Pete Caceres, an author, said this. He describes his longing for this, this way. We need a rope that leads us home. We need a rope that leads us home. And as Christians, if you believe in Jesus Christ, we know that the feeling of home and belonging actually sits in our relationship with God. And the good news is, that is available to all of us. And God, from the beginning of time, have been offering us this rope that keeps us from getting lost, this rope 
that is constant and consistent that he is inviting us to that will always lead us back home to him. Sabbath rest, the weekly rhythm, the weekly practice is what God is offering and that's what we'll be talking about this morning. You know, earlier this year, I feel like um, this rope was actually kind of, you know, if you can imagine with me, being thrown out to me. We began this year, I'm not sure if you remember, it feels like a long time ago, where there's still lockdowns and all sorts of things happening here in Brisbane. And for me personally, I'm a mum with three teenage kids. One's about to finish high school. Yep, she's got like three days left of school or something, and then there's all these external exams she's got to sit and I have two teenage boys, 14 twins, teenage boys. My life is a little bit hectic. Yes, thank you for congratulating me for surviving all of this time. And, um, and Andy, my friend who's at the front here, would know these boys really well because they play volleyball. I'm like an uber mom, like super uber mom. I go to um, volleyball practice, they games. And my child, my children all do music as well, and they all have part-time jobs in three different locations throughout the week, right? And I'm, I'm a full-time worker as well. I work for Gateway Baptist. I work with Dave. That's like a full-time job every day talking to him. <laughs> nah, he, he gives me plenty of rest and relaxation. It's all good. Um, and I'm married, and I'm living with a mom who is aging, and... Um, my life is full. And on top of that, I'm also studying. I know, I don't know why, but I do know why, but I am also studying. So my life feels really full. Now, my husband works um, for Queensland government and he measures water. So his work is floods. And who knows that this year we've had, you know, a lot of rainfall, <laughs> correct? And as we speak, the rain is still falling. And um, he has been taken away um, for his job and for our farm a lot of this year. So I'm at home with a mum, three teenage kids, studying, working full-time. Life is really, really full. And don't get me wrong, all of it is really, really good. But there have been times, especially the first half of this year, where I felt like I'm not sure if I can do anything else. <laughs> and if anybody, you know, throws a ball at me, I probably might just fall into a heap. So in my master's study, um, towards the end of last year, we were doing this subject that looks at the rhythm and the the lifestyle of a leader, looking at what does it look like for you as a leader. And part of the study for me was to do a spiritual practices audit, which is going to come up on the screen. I'm going to share it with you. It's very <laughs> personal. But um, it was a really good way for me to kind of go, you know, we think that we do all these things. We think that we pray, that we keep the Sabbath, that we take communion, and, and the list goes on. So I started to list a bunch of practices that I thought I was doing, how often I was doing them, and then I went through on a journey of thinking, well, how often do I really want to be doing them? And in that space of six months of doing this particular subject, um, I just really felt the Lord really challenging me and convicting me, not condemning me in any way, but convicting me to be thinking about that. So for me, the practice of the Sabbath became something that was quite obvious to me. It was something that we're, I used to keep quite regularly, um, and then it has become so sporadic. So this audit um, revealed a little bit of a drift in my practice for that. So my journey of understanding the Sabbath actually began in the year 2000 when I went to Israel. If you know 
Um, the year 2000 was the year of pilgrimage where the rest of the world also wanted to be in Jerusalem, particularly over the Passover, what we know as Easter period. Everyone was kind of gathering there and um, worshipping together in their way. And it was chaotic, you know. There was lots of people, lots of noise going around, but also really significant time for us. One of the activities that our family was involved in was to go to a Passover meal that was being held by this church. And I remember walking on the way to this dinner just before sunset. As I was walking through the old city of Jerusalem, I, I peeped into some windows, not weirdly, just kind of <laughs> looked. And, and what I saw was a picture of a family gathering together, lighting candles. And um, it just felt so peaceful to me. It felt um, like community and family in this chaoticness where so many people are going in all directions. Many, you know, um, Islam and Christianity and Judaism and Armenians and all in the, this melting pot of Jerusalem. I peep into this practice that the Jewish people were keeping. And later I learned that this is what they would do for Shabbat, for their Sabbath. To welcome the Sabbath, the woman of the household would be lighting the candle. Everyone breathe so it doesn't go out. Breathe in, don't hold your breath. Okay, excellent. <laughs> Thank you. The aircon's on, awesome. Um, the women of the house will be lighting the candle to welcome the Sabbath just before the sunset, and the candle will burn for the duration of the Sabbath. And I also learned later on that they would be saying, not just saying, but actually singing, which I won't do to you this morning, but they will be singing in Hebrew a blessing over their wine and bread. And this picture that we see in front of us happens on a weekly basis as they welcome the Shabbat, their Sabbath day. And it's to remember what God has done for them, how he has delivered them out of the land of Egypt, the land of slavery and bondage. And they would do this every single Friday night. What a beautiful picture to be a part of. And they do set the day apart and kept it holy in their way. So that picture kind of remained to me for quite a long time. Didn't do anything too much about it. But I thought, oh, how nice. Um, a few years later, though, when I first had my firstborn, so congratulations for, with your first child coming as well, um, I just remember quitting work full-time and raising my child at home and still really busy in ministry. David was still working full-time in the floods. And... Um, I just remember feeling this Groundhog Day. So those parents in the room, you, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. You, the baby wakes up, you feed it, you change the nappy, you put it back to sleep. Then it happens again in about two hours. The baby wakes up, you feed it, you burp it, and you put them to sleep. You change the nappy. Every now and then you might squeeze in the bath or a walk or going to the toilet by yourself. You know, but it is a little bit like Groundhog Day. The husband comes home, what have you done all day? And I'm like, well, I've kept everyone alive, which is a good achievement. I probably had a shower, can't remember. And, um, but that's what it felt like. And it just felt like this Groundhog Day and this busyness, but in a different way. And he also felt like, actually, I think we need to do something about this feeling that you have, that every day just seems the same. So we looked into the scriptures and the Sabbath day came to mind that it was a day to, for us to be set apart, to set it apart and kept it holy. And we remember our trip to Jerusalem. So we go, okay, well, let's, let's begin this journey. 
Now, today we're at work Monday to Friday, so Friday night um, to begin our Sabbath just worked naturally for us because that was the end of his work week. So this is literally how we started. I said, great, what I'll do is I'll still do all the changing of nappies, but I will cook a special meal for us on a Friday night. And that's what we did. So we began to do that. And then maybe on a Saturday, we started to take longer walks in the park together. And we just kind of added to the Sabbath day as we saw and we rested. We turned off notifications on our phone. We would still answer the phone and get bread and milk if we needed as well. But it wasn't like, you know, that two trolley shopping day. It wasn't one of those days. And um, it was really great. It became really life-giving to us. It became a priority to us. So when we love it so much, we started to protect it. And by protecting it, we kept it as a priority in our life. And then we had twin boys, and that rhythm was already set in our life, and we just kept going. So for about seven to eight years, we kept this Sabbath going as much as we could, and, and it was really great for our family. And then the kids started going to school, and I started going to back to work full time. And what, be, what was something that was so regular that we loved became something that we did kind of sporadically. And, you know, the audit I did earlier in, um, like towards the end of last year and earlier this year, really revealed that. It revealed that drift, and I was incredibly challenged. And the Holy Spirit, I feel like the Spirit is drawing me back. He's like, come on, like, you can come back and rest. You don't have to give in to this tyranny of busyness that you're feeling. So this year, I started to read more of the scriptures, and I also read a whole lot more books about what people are talking about, and those resources are going to come up on the screen for you. So if you want to go and um, research it yourself, you can as well. But some of these authors talk a lot about and give you perspective and commentary on what it is like to put some rhythms into our life, a rope that leads us home, to, so to speak. So from scripture and from reading and from listening to other people, I soon realized that Sabbath rest is actually key it's a key, key practice to instill a rhythm in our life. Sabbath rest is something that is intricate, it's beautiful, it's complex. There's a lot of questions around it. So this morning, I just want to take us on a small journey throughout the scripture a little bit. And also what it means for me, what it's meant for me and my family to have kept the Sabbath. And um, so if you come on that journey with me, that would be really great. So the first thing about the word Sabbath comes from the word, um, the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it has been translated to mean to stop, to cease work, or to rest, or to delight. So Sabbath, first of all, sets a rhythm of rest for us. In Genesis 2, 2 to 3, it says this, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So right from the beginning of time, God gives us a pattern of rest. And he says, I'm going to bless it. I'm going to set it apart and I'm going to make it holy. He sets this pattern of rest. Second thing that we see in scriptures is that Sabbath is actually a commandment. It's the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments that were given to the children of Israel. It is not a, you know, a thought that someone had, but it was a commandment that God gave his people. So in Exodus, we read that, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but on the seventh day, 
is the Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On that you shall do no work, neither you nor your son, daughter, male, female, servant, animals, or any foreigners residing among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and the Sabbath day and made it holy. Here, here it is again, telling us the narrative, going back. This, you know, what's interesting about this commandment is that it goes straight back to the root, the origins in Genesis. And, and he gives a reason for why the Sabbath day is a really important commandment. In Deuteronomy, another place in the scripture, a couple of books after, it says not just to keep it, but to also observe it. So here we see that God is saying to his people, I command you to keep it, I command you to observe it, remember it, keep it holy, make it be centered on the things of God. Because really, when we keep the Sabbath day, we're saying, God, you have done it all. See, God created everything and then he rested. You have done it all. So we, as people, need to also learn to not to feel like we have to keep doing to achieve things, but recognize that God has done it all for us. And lastly, in scripture, we see that the Sabbath is also found in Jesus. Jesus himself said these words. He says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them at all, but I have come to fulfill them. So Jesus kept the laws and the commandments, but beyond that, he came and fulfilled them. You know, this scene that we see, you would, we would recognize as when we do um, keep our communion, when we remember the things that Jesus has done. And when we talk about communion in our church, we often refer to the passage about the Last Supper, the meal before Jesus went to the cross where he spent it with his disciples. You know, in that meal, the Last Supper is situated during the Passover, which is the time where the children of Israel come together in remembrance and in thanksgiving for the things that God had done for them, that how he had delivered them, how he provided the lamb and spared their life back in Exodus. So the stories are told over these meals, over the Passover time. So at this meal, Jesus himself is putting attention to what it is that they were doing. And he's saying, this bread that's going to be broken, that's like my body that's been broken for you. And this wine that you're about to drink, it's, it's, it signifies my blood that I'm about to shed for you. And any time that you gather together, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. Now, I would be a little bit puzzled if I was the disciples at the time. It's like, what are you talking about? You're with us. Why are you going, why the gloom, Jesus, you know? Why are you saying this? Little do they know that in a few hours, he will be hanging on the cross and come and actually fulfill what the prophets have prophesied about the eternal Passover lamb in just a few hours after he said this to them. Could you imagine um, what that would be like to them, that the night before he actually said, I'm going to come and fulfill this for you. Quite significant, really, when you think about it. And how much more significant that the next Sabbath that they would keep together if they believe that Jesus was the Messiah, no longer are they only going to be thanking God for the things that he did for them throughout the, the land of Egypt and delivering them, but they are going to be celebrating their Lord Jesus Christ at the next Sabbath for the death and the resurrection and all that is entailed in what that means. 
I'd love to have been there and lived in that time, right? I mean, it would have been horrific to see our Lord Jesus dying on the cross, but it would have been an incredible celebration to, to see him rise again and, and to come and fulfill all the things that the lords and the prophets have commanded. They've been waiting for many, 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 many years to see it come to pass. And the next Shabbat that they're going to keep together, they're going to be going, oh, that's what Jesus meant. The bread, the body that was broken for them. They saw that. The blood that was shed, they saw that. So next time they keep the Sabbath together, they are, it's real to them. It's not just a thing that they imagine, but it's something real that they witnessed and saw. And Jesus ultimately is the person that lays everything to rest for humanity. The price of sin is done once and for all and finished. So when we talk about the Sabbath rest, it is found in Jesus because in him, we can find perfect rest. In him, we can lay aside the things that we do and, and the desires of our heart and our flesh and say, no, Jesus has done it and it is finished and we can find rest in him. There's so much to be said about the Sabbath um, and probably the two things that I want to share with you today and what it means to me is that the Sabbath represents to me rest and relationship. There's many more things and as you go on your journey, you'll find them too. But the two key things for me is rest. So rest is the primary marker for the Sabbath. So in the beginning, you know, Max read so beautifully that the Spirit of God hovered the earth and it was formless, meaning there was chaos. There was no order to it at all. And then God spoke and brought what was chaos into this cosmos, this order. And then he starts to create and sets things into rhythms, rhythms that you and I, whether we realize it or not, live with all the time. The sun rises and it sets. The seasons come and the seasons go. The very beat of your own heart has a rhythm. The way you are breathing right now subconsciously has a rhythm. In and out. So Sabbath rest is actually a rhythm. Our human nature has this tendency, right, to, to want to perform and do. We really good. We get up, we do. We get up, we do. We get up, we do. And we go and we go and we go. And we do things to accumulate. We do things to gain gratification. And if we keep doing it without appropriate rest, we become restless. And I know for myself, when I, become, when I haven't rested well, I'm agitated, <laughs> quite easily agitated. I'm less sharp in the way that I think and see people and I um, feel weary all the time. I feel hurried, like I'm, you know, on the road. I'm not so great when I haven't rested. I just want to be in a hurry and get to the next thing. Our ego becomes the thing that becomes prominent because we want to keep feeding it. Whether we like it or not, I know this for myself, when we talk about these spiritual practices, we go, oh, like another thing we've got to do. But guess what? I think we do it all the time. We set ourselves rhythms and, and habits and practices, whether you like it or not. And one of the rhythms I know I set for myself is hooking myself on these amazing shows that are on whatever stream that you do, right? And you find rest in that, like, I'm just going to tune out. And this is not me having a go to say you can't do those things. But if you do those things and becomes a habit that you go to to rest, is it drawing you away from the time that you can be spending with your family and with God? Does it take priority? That's what I'm talking about. And 
for some of us, the more we do something, the more it becomes a priority. And before you know it, it becomes a habit. And we go, we want to break this habit, and how do we do it? So God sets a rhythm for us in Sabbath rest in that we do keep a pattern of life that is conducive to, to worship him and to be with him. And that, that's good news for us. Dallas Willard said this about desire. I love it. It says, desire is infinite, partly because we were made by God, made for God, made to need God, and made to run to God. We can be satisfied only by the one who is infinite, eternal, and able to supply all of our needs. We are only at home in God. When we fall away from God, the desire for the infinite remains, but it is displaced upon things that will certainly lead to destruction. You see, work is not a problem. We all work, whatever form of work that looks like for you. We all have things that we are doing. If that's not the enemy of rest, because you can't truly rest unless you've worked. And you can't really do work really well unless you find time to rest. So there is a balance that is required for both rest and work to coexist together, but not one over the other. So Sabbath rest really for me is a day where we let go of our limitations, you know, and our desires and recognize that God is the one that supplies everything that we need. Throughout scripture, there's encouragement for us to keep the Sabbath, invites us to keep it and to to make sure that we do that. Because in the Sabbath, when you keep the Sabbath, it does instill a rhythm for you. Augustine said this, they're beautiful words. He said, you have made us for yourself and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And I think that really depicts what Sabbath rest looks like for me, that when we do come on and share on that day, God is with us all the time. Please don't think that only the Sabbath day that his presence is with us. That's not true. He is with us all the time. But on the Sabbath day, we actually take some time, set it apart like he commanded, and we find rest in him. You can ask my kids. I think I'm less agitated these days. Probably one of the things I have noticed from keeping the Sabbath rest has been sleep. I love napping. I napped yesterday. It was awesome. And, um, but what I have learned after keeping the Sabbath for several weeks now and, and a couple of months now it has been my sleep in, during the week is like better. I was averaging five hours a night, not great, for a long time, five hours a night. But since I've been keeping the Sabbath, I am, I'm like good to go to bed at 9.30 and I sleep for the full eight hours and I get up. It's something happens supernaturally, I think, but also naturally that God puts into our life. And, and I, I, I want to say, I think it's the Sabbath keeping. It, it just resets you and, and your pattern and your physical body responds to it. You know, there's, um, the Sabbath day for me, secondly, is also about relationship. You know, that when you keep it aside and made it holy, is holy means to keep it set apart for God, right? So it's an act of worship for us. And we know that when we, when we worship God, that we exalt him. So this morning we were singing about God. We were exalting him above our thoughts, about our circumstances and what we are experiencing right now. And how beautiful is it just to linger in his presence and to dwell in his presence. And we know for a period of time when we do that, that the things that we are worrying about is on hold and that we gain new perspective because we are exalting 
our Lord Jesus and we're exalting God and we're thanking him for the things he's done for us. Despite whatever is going on in our life, I know for a period of time when we worship him, that's what happens. I often wonder, my mind goes here sometimes, what happens on the seventh day? The writers of Genesis doesn't really tell us. It just said God did all this. It was amazing. It was great. And then he rested. And then I'm like, what did you do, God? What did you do on the seventh day? What did creation do? So just come with me on this imagination trial. You don't have to agree with me. But I think on the seventh day, he just did stuff by walking with Adam and Eve in a garden. I imagine that they will be going, look at this I created. Look at that. I imagine creation, which there was no pressure for creation to do anything on that day because God rested, so everyone else rested, that they just worshipped him and they just kind of looked around and it would be so amazing. That, I think that's what happened on the seventh day for me. I'm not going to rewrite Genesis for anybody, but that's what my imagination went to. So today, folks, Sabbath is about rest. It's invitation to rest and it's invitation into relationship because when you Sabbath well, you will put God at the center and you also put other people as a flow-on effect of that because when you love God, you can't help but love other people. And when we stop, when we allow ourselves to stop for a day, we actually are more present with people. We're present with our family. We're present with our friends. We're present with the checkout chick. We're present with the strangers, you know, that we come across. And that's what Jesus invites us into. Earlier, I read from the passage in Matthew, the the language that Eugene Peterson uses are relational words. Things like, come to me, get away with me, walk with me, keep company with me. So it wasn't like God set all these things into place and say, good luck, see you later on. (laughs) You know, but Jesus says, come and walk with me, do this with me, let me show you the way. That is one of the most beautiful relational um, invitation that we can ever have from our Father in heaven and from his son Jesus is to, to walk with him. Imagine what that looked like, that you don't have to do this life that sometimes feels like so burdensome alone, but that he is with us. So keeping Sabbath rest, I know there's heaps of questions and we can ask, you can come and ask me afterwards and I don't know all the answers, but there are questions and considerations. I want to acknowledge that today. It's not like you just go, I'm going to go and do a 24-hour Sabbath from now on. It's hard. It's confronting. People ask the question, does it have to be 24 hours? Does it have to be from sunset to sunset? Can't it just be, you know, mindfulness during the week and that adds up to the Sabbath? What about my family? What about my job? What about the, you know, the pressures of 24 hours a day, seven days a week kind of rhythm that our society is set? All of those things are true and they are considerations for us. But Jesus said this in Mark. He said, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So be free. Be free that it's made for you, that you don't have to come up with a list on your own to be able to work out how you do this. So here are just some really quick tips this morning in how I journey through the Sabbath, and I hope that you all go on a journey with this at some point. I plan. I just plan for it. Whether you consciously plan things or not, I I know you subconsciously we plan things, but you can consciously plan for this. You can be intentional. The Word of God says it is a full day of rest. It is a weekly rhythm. 
and that you can be intentional about it. So what I do is I do my two trolley of grocery shopping beforehand, before the Sabbath, and I cook a really beautiful meal. I plan for that, and I plan to remove distractions and not answer phone calls or um, read all my emails intently. I don't do that. Second thing that I do is I consider the activities that I want to introduce to the Sabbath day. Is it rest? Just ask yourself that question. Just go through that filter. Is this activity going to bring me rest, bring me joy? Will it replenish me? Like I said before, for me, it's taking a nap is really replenishing. Going for a 20-minute walk in nature is really great for me. So is it restful for you? If it is, do it. If you're not sure and you're like, mm, then think about it a little bit more <laughs> and see what happens and let God guide you in that. And lastly for me, when I think about the Sabbath day, I think about what can I introduce into my practice on the Sabbath day that does keep it apart and holy before God? What are the activities that I can do that directs my heart towards him? And that will be my encouragement to you, whatever that looks like. It could be walking in nature, could be in silence and solitude for five minutes while you're in nature and ponder on God. I keep a gratitude journal that I go, God, I want to say thank you for this past week. Just like Pastor Dave this morning, God, I want to say thank you for my job, thank you for the roof over my head. And sometimes it's repetitive while I write, but I am thankful for those things. And it does direct my heart and attention to God in that way. I'm going to invite Max to come up. Max is going to sing this really beautiful song, and while he does, I just want to take us on, give you a little bit of gift of time this morning. On your seats, you would have one of these, if you can grab it, wherever you are right now, and if you don't have one, would you mind putting your hand up, and I'm sure our welcome team will be able to come and bring you one. There's a gentleman missing one down here. If somebody could um, do that, that would be really great. This is, um, on one side, it says spiritual rhythm survey. It just lists all the practices that we have been looking into um, in this series as a church. No more. I think there's some around. No more around, you guys. Are you still missing some? Would you like mine? I've got plenty. It's all in my head. <laughs> okay, we, we could share some. Maybe we'll get some printed out for you. If you can imagine the kind of things that you like to put into place and the rhythm of that, that would be really great. And, but on the other side, it says Sabbath, which is what we're talking about today. One of the boxes said, what is the what's one challenge that's in front of you? For me, the challenge has been driving my kids to all the activities during the Sabbath day. So I turn that challenge into something that I just go, okay, God, well, this is my time with my boys. So I'm just going to read scripture while I'm waiting for them, or I'm just going to listen to music and worship with them. But you may have your own challenge. What are they? As you spend time with God this morning, I just want you to write that down. And we're going to submit that to God together. I'm not here to answer how you should respond to that, but I think the Spirit of God will lead you in how you can respond to the challenge that's in front of you. And the other box says, what's the one thing, just the one thing that you're going to do to instill the Sabbath rhythm in your life. My encouragement is scaffold towards the 24 hours practice. You don't have to start straight away, but if you want to, great. But if not, scaffold. Start with the Sabbath meal. Start somewhere. There is something you can do, whether it's a 20-minute walk in nature, taking a nap like I do, 
that's something that you normally wouldn't do, dedicate some scriptural reading. So for the next few moments and minutes whilst Max sings this, I just pray that God's spirit would just be guiding you as you fill out this piece of paper. It's just a sign. It's just an activity you can do. But it is a meaningful one as you, I pray that the spirit of God would just lead you in that. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.